Spiritual Life Center. We greet you in the name of all that is good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. I almost forgot to come up here. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, Paula, just keep picking my favorite songs every time I speak. I like that. <laughs> Before I start, well, as I start, I guess, I want to make it clear that Paul and I did not talk to each other while he was creating his meditation and I was writing my talk. And at 9 o'clock when he started talking, I'm kind of used to this stuff, but my jaw fell open. So we operated in, co in complete silos from each other. So just keep that in mind as we go through this. This is such a beautiful song of surrender. You know, though if you listen to the lyrics, it's pretty clear that Mr. Cohen was probably not in a very good place and it took him a while to come to that moment of surrender. It didn't come easily. It didn't come quickly for him. He had to work through his personal will and come to a place where he could let go and allow divine energy to flow in and through his life. And what he gave us was this huge gift of a song. You know, but this is a challenge for most of us. You know, Mr. Cohen made a comment in an interview about Will a few years ago, and he said this, We sense that there is a will that is behind all things, and we're aware of our own will, and it's the distance between those two wills that creates the mystery that we call religion. It is the attempt to reconcile our will with another will that we can't quite put our finger on, but we feel is powerful and existent. It's the space between those two wills that creates our predicament. I love that word, predicament. It's not horrible and awful, it's just it's a predicament. So let's talk about these two different wills. There's the will of God, and there's the personal will. Well, personal will is the executive power of the mind. It's where we make decisions. We decide what we want, how to do it, you know, to take action. And personal will is the center of the personality, and it thereby helps us determine our, or it determines our character formation. Yet, personal will is often misunderstood and misconstrued. I mean, heck, even when I was working on this, it's like mastering your will. That implies that there is something to be tamed and, and, and put in check. Now, certainly, we require a certain level of socialization so that we're not constantly stealing each other's M&Ms or causing real damage to others. <laughs> But we do need our will to navigate this world, and being made wrong for using that will is what confuses us and what Cohen calls our predicament. Now, my mother used to tell a story about me. 
Now, I was the youngest, so she probably told more stories about me because, what, I was the one that was left there, right? And I was about two, if I, if I understand the story correctly. And I, had, I was sitting in my high chair, and I had a bottle, a baby bottle. Now, back in that century, baby bottles were still glass. <laughs> and apparently, I like to test gravity with my baby bottles. And so one day, as she told the story, um, I had the bottle and I was doing whatever with it. And she said, now, if you break that bottle, there's no more, because that's the very last one. Whereupon, I looked her straight in the eye. <laughs> I know, those of you who know me wouldn't imagine I could do that. <laughs> and uh, you know what? She, she said, I never asked for another bottle. You know, she told me what was what, and I said, okay. So was I being willful, or was I trying to tell my mother something? Now, she would have gone for willful, obviously. I choose to believe I was showing her who I was, and that she was dealing with a person who was going to follow their inner path, and no threat was going to sway me. And I've often thought if the woman was paying attention that day, she would have started saving for boarding school right then. <laughs> And it's not that I was a bad kid. I didn't get in a lot of trouble, but we lived in a very small town, and there's rules in a small town. And that rule is you keep your mouth shut because everybody already knows you, and they already know your business anyway. And that I wasn't really very good at that. And so I guess I was willful. And I'll bet you everyone here has that same sort of story, right? I mean, you all have, have some story of where you were just trying to be yourself, and you were you were labeled as being willful, when really all you're trying to do is figure out who you are, what you want, what you, you know, I'm here for a reason, what is that? And, and this doesn't stop just because we're adults, and in fact, I think sometimes it gets harder as we're adults. Well, let's look at the other side for a minute, and I'm going to call this, instead of the will of God, I'm going to call it will of soul. Now, Mr. Cohen said, we, we sense a will that is behind all things. It's not something that's outside of us. It's a real internal sense of something going on that we feel, but we can't really always identify. Soul will is that underlying impulse that moves you along a path. It's the unformed. It is potential. And that is what manifests through personal will. Every one of us comes into this world with a sense of who we are and what we are about. But that just, it gets pushed down by all the noise of the world with our shoulds, our should nots. But that impulse never leaves us. And when we fight for it, we are called willful. Sure, there's times when we are consciously willful, refusing to do what we know we need to do. We rebel and dig in our heels just because we can. And that's okay, too, because we're human, and being human is actually a good thing. But because of all this mixed messaging, even the idea of giving a talk saying mastering your will made me think about the idea that I have to completely give up my personal will, <clears throat> excuse me, in order to follow my soul will. I have to sacrifice my own wants and needs to follow a spiritual path. But, you know, no matter how spiritual we get, we still have to live in this world and deal with it. We do not live in a vacuum. 
Well, we actually kind of did for about a year and a half, but we don't anymore. <laughs> As Cohen says, it's not appropriate that our little will should be destroyed too often because we need it to interact with all the other little wills. Just being able to say that makes me really happy because I get to keep being who I am. The real question, I think, is how do you blend the two, two wills? How do you know which is which, and how can you make that happen? The good news is that if you are opening to following your inner voice, much of that direction will just come to you. But it's also not super easy either. If it were, probably we wouldn't be sitting here, we'd be out doing. And there are examples, wonderful examples of people who from our perspective followed their soul will. And I wanted to look at a couple of them just to see if we could tell if they surrendered their personalities, their, their personal will. And there's probably people that you've heard of in this list. The first one is a man named Jesus. Now Jesus is often portrayed as having been meek. And meek actually has a different word, a different meaning than what we see now. But yeah, he was meek, except for that time, what, he cursed a fig tree because he could. And there was that little incident in the temple grounds where he turned over the tables because he was a little annoyed at the money lenders. And then that other time when he was 12, where the family went to the festival and then everybody else was going home and he hung back behind. I don't know if his parents saw him as willful or not. Certainly the Pharisees saw him as willful. But he was following his path, and he knew exactly <laughs> what he needed to do, and his personal will is what moved that forward. And he was able to manifest an entirely new way of looking at spirituality, and that is the one that spirituality is available to everyone, and that is a great gift that we got from him following his path. Jesus is an example of how to bring two wills together consciously. And if we started looking at other people like Martin Luther King Jr. and Mother Teresa, we would probably see the same kind of energy. And we know that none of them came to any of this easily. It just, it just doesn't happen. And I sometimes wonder how many times each one of them wanted to quit. I also wonder if they really, if they did actually in the end feel like they were giving up uh, something that they wanted to keep. But that's a whole other lesson. We'll talk about that another day. Then there are the people who are just minding their own business and suddenly something happens and an inner impulse moves them. Now, I understand that Rosa Parks has said she had no intention of starting anything that day on the bus. She was tired. And somebody walked up to her and told her to move, and she was tired, and she just wasn't going to do it. She was done. She stopped playing the, gum, the game because she was tired. But in that moment, she surrendered to that inner impulse because on a soul will level, she was done, and her personal will is what saw her through. All of these people, at some point, I'm sure, probably still are in some places, labeled willful. And I could stand up here and talk about a lot of famous people who we admire and perceive as following their soul will, and isn't that great, and that they went out to do that. But the real question is, how do you, as an individual, find your way through the predicament of, being, of bringing the two wills together? That's our real question. 
I don't know. Maybe the better question is, is how do you know if you are following your soul will or just your own whim, your own agenda? It's a really good question because the voice of the soul can be really soft sometimes and personal will can be very, very strong. But it also works the other way. Sometimes the soul will is yelling at you and the personal will is going, well, I don't know, there's Netflix, there's some chocolate in the refrigerator. So how do we tell the difference? And sometimes it's even harder because they're telling you the same thing. And then you really don't want to listen. <laughs> okay, so one way to discover this is to follow the advice of the self-help books and discover your passion. Of course, that only works if you have a passion. Now, I know a lot of people who are dedicated and very focused on something in their lives, but they would never say they felt passionate about it. And there are people who say that they aren't pulled in a specific direction. There isn't any one thing that pulls them, but everything they do, they love. But the word passionate never enters their minds either. That is, until they read a book telling them to go out and find their passion, and then they don't find one, and then they feel like they've failed in some way. And it's not like you can just run down to the life's passion store and pick one up. You can't. I tried. Not everyone is meant to have a burning focus. Even some of us who have a narrow, specialized focus might not calling, call it a burning passion. For me, this is what I do. It is what I was made for. It's where I fit. It's about the only place I fit. <laughs> and I most definitely feel that impulse that pulls me along. So instead of a burning passion, I simply know that I am in my right place. My soul will and my personal will collaborate really well in this environment. Put me in a situation where I have to deal with authoritarian entities, like government agencies where forms have to be filled out and, and things have to be proven. And my personal will stands up inside my head and says, it just starts screaming, this isn't fair, we shouldn't have to do this, what the heck? I am leaving now. But I still manage to maintain my driver's license because at some point I realized that my personal will isn't doing me any favors in that situation. So I surrender and I do what needs to be done. Sometimes, sometimes I even do it with grace. Other people are more comfortable and happy in that environment, but when it comes to dealing with spiritual things, they become fearful. They fear that they will have to sacrifice their lifestyle or their beliefs in order to lead a more integrated life. And I will tell you a little secret. You don't have to give up anything to have a more balanced relationship with your two wills. You simply don't. All you need to do is get to know them. Listen to both of them. Listen to both wills. Understand them. Your soul will is the impulse you feel nudging you to do something. It is when you just know that it is a thing that you really, really need to do. You may not be able to explain it to yourself or anyone else, but it stays with you until you take some action. And when this is happening, 
Your intellect may come, come in to argue with you and tell you that this just doesn't make sense. But if you start to pay attention, you will learn to tell the difference between a crazy idea from your mind and an even crazier idea from soul will, and that is the one that you will follow. It's always the crazier idea. Your personal will recognizes and chooses that even crazier idea, and it moves forward without knowing exactly why, and it manifests that something in the world. Now, most of you can probably think of a time when you got one of those ideas and just followed it through, putting one step in front of the other without really knowing or thinking about what was going to come next. Think about how you may have tried to talk yourself out of it, but that impulse was so present, so persistent, you just took that next step anyway. Maybe somebody tried to warn you off or say you were being willful for not heeding that warning, but you kept on, and guess what? The results were amazing because you listened to soul will. And yes, we all have the ability to be willful in the sense of being selfish and stubborn. I probably don't go a day with having that pure willful flash showing up. But we also have such a capacity to step back and listen to pay attention to what is really going on within, and that is where you will find what I have decided to call pure will. That moment where we resolve the two wills and are at peace because we know we are on the right path. Life is messy. In that same interview, Mr. Cohen said, somehow, in some way, we have to be a reflection of the will that is behind the whole mess. Mr. Cohen is right. We live in a loud, distracting world. He called it Boogie Street. And one of the best ways to cope with Boogie Street is to learn to listen to your inner voice, your soul will, and then look to your personal will for the wherewithal to bring that idea, that desire into manifestation. In other words, be a reflection of your soul's deepest desire. We do that by knowing the difference between when we were being willful for will's sake and staying the path for something worthwhile. When you think about it, having two wills, wills is actually a huge gift. It allows us to make choices to determine the way we want to manifest in this life. And when you weave soul will and personal will together and make friends with them, listen to them, play with them, you open to all creation, and that is when you become a reflection of the one true source. And maybe, just for a moment, you are no longer in a predicament. And so it is. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Transforming Lives
heart. 